Welcome to Space Floor NBA Podcast. My name is Connor Gillen. And I'm Connor Flannery. This is our 72nd official episode. How about the Houston Rockets are firing, or I guess they didn't fire, yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah. they let their coach, Mike D'Antoni, walk. And yep. now it has just come out that Daryl Morey is also stepping down from the position of Rockets general manager, president of basketball operations. So they just don't have people that are in charge of their basketball team. True. It's, except for their owners, in theory. In um, theory, but th- yeah, and, yeah, and these two guys are are the head of the Houston Rockets. We shoot a bunch of threes. Yeah. Um, we get offensive players and then have them play defense later. Let, just give me your analysis on this. Well, yeah, I mean, let's go back to start. You said the Houston Rockets firing Daryl Morey because that. So, so the official word out there right now is it's one hundred percent Daryl Morey's decision. Um. I don't, I mean, I like, I'm, I'm interested to hear like what the source is on that. Like, is that coming from Daryl Morey? Is that coming from the Rockets? How true is that? Like, we don't really know. Because if it's really 100% his decision, his reasoning is supposedly that just, he just wants to spend more time with his kids, um, which is weird because that sort of implies like, okay, is Daryl Morey coming back? Like, I bet I would have I would have th- thought he would just leave and go to another team. Like, so is he going to take next season off and then come back? Is uh, he just gonna, I, I, like, I bet that he's going to take one season off. So, so that's that's sort of the first and most interesting thing to me is like, okay, if Daryl Morey left, what's next for Daryl Morey? Because um, it doesn't seem like he fired they fired him, and that kind of makes sense to me. Like, I mean, we'll get into this, but like Daryl Morey is one of the best GMs over the last decade. Um, his track record, honestly, since the James Harden trade, which is by the way one of the greatest trades in NBA history, is kind of unreal um, in terms of success. So. I think the Houston Rockets are the only team that hasn't missed the playoffs since, since the James Harden trade. Which happened eight years ago. That's insane. Um, that is insane. And, and so, I mean, say what you want about, about Daryl Morey, about like maybe, I mean, in his own words, he said it was a failure if he didn't win James Harden a championship. So, according to himself, his tenure with the Houston Rockets was a failure. But if you're looking for a GM who's just going to walk in and get you playoff success, or, or maybe not playoff success, but regular season success, I mean, getting you to the playoffs. Hey, man, bring it to the Knicks, bro. We, <laughs> we take him, right? We, we like, miss the playoffs all the time. <laughs> so so if, you're one the, if you're a team like the Knicks that's on a bit of a, of a cold streak, maybe you haven't, made the, maybe you haven't made the playoffs once in the last eight years. Yeah. Then... Hey, why man, not a daryl so that's so that's why through daryl that's sort of the motion thing to me is if it's if you really left 100 on his own accord is he coming back i think he's a hot commodity even yeah. though i feel like if if any other general manager was handed two all-stars one of them being a superstar and they screw it up by running like a play style that ends up not working i'm talking about like rockets not playing Small center ball, yeah um you would generally think that that general manager would get like fired and just be viewed as bad. So obviously he must have a strong reputation. Absolutely, no, he's he's a very strong reputation in my yeah. book. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I love that he like just kind of redefined basketball. It's like he, it's like he, uh, it's like he was playing my league. Honestly, <laughs> it's like he was playing my GM at two K. Like the fact that he would just keep trading picks in the future for like new assets right now and then like he would get a pick the year after and then he would he would use that like, yeah for the past like four years the rockets have been the oldest team in the nba 
That's crazy. On on average, and they we'll, keep... we'll get into that in, in a second because I I've got like sort of some points other points I, I want to talk to me, C Flan. The next thing I want to say is is related to to him leaving is do we think it's related to Mike D'Antoni? Um, because Mike D'Antoni left. Okay, Daryl Morey made that hire. He and Mike D'Antoni together sort of pioneered the like three and D like wings yeah. and no center like iso ball with james harden this whatever small ball crazy analytic based thing you would you want to call it that was sort of him and mike d'antoni working together so part of my question is is it a coincidence that the same offseason they fought, that they let mike d'antoni go or he and i don't even i don't even know what the term was with mike d'antoni if they parted ways if mike d'antoni left if they fired him i don't remember um but my question is sort of do we think it's related and I think the answer is, is clearly yes, because they're so... Yeah. I would say that GM-coach pairing is one of the most like unified, in-line in, in pairings around the league in terms of yeah. just being on the same page about the play style, about the personnel. Yep. And so I don't think it's a coincidence that they both left together, but there are people saying that they're both that they're both going to like join forces on some other team. That was going to be my follow-up. No, like I think that's kind of stupid because if they really wanted to like leave and then join forces on another team, they would have just stayed with the Houston Rockets because like how many other teams are you going to get a like a superstar and a bunch of role players that fit into your play style and are willing to do your play style because James Harden was ultra willing to um play like 37 minutes a night, take a million shots a night which which like in theory like to a kid like sounds great but like it's exhausting and to like play every night so you have a super like willing and capable superstar and a bunch of like very solid role players that fit your scheme yeah and you're you're throwing that out the way to to walk with your coach to somewhere else i personally don't see that i think both of these guys can coexist without each other because i think daryl Morey, again is super adaptable he mm -hmm. he hasn't had this like extreme small ball his in, his entire career. He's been with the Houston Rockets like fifteen years. Yeah. Um. And and through that, like they've constantly progressed more toward this way. But who yep. who knows? He he go take another way. He just can like see what the analytics say. He's like, okay, we're gonna go do that, and then just switch well, gears. Yeah. And then also, Mike D'Antoni was a coach for like uh, like ten years before he, he got to the Houston Rockets. True. He, he's also adaptable. True. Yeah. I mean. It you make a good point, which is that they don't necessarily need each other to be successful. They've both had success before uh, being on this Rockets team. Um, I guess, but it, I, I guess I'm just sort of thinking like going back to your point of, of how aligned they were, it just makes sense that they were, that they were sort of such a perfect pairing. And now I think it's sort of a little bit like conspiracy theory out there that they would really like that Mike D'Antoni, uh, sorry, that, that Daryl Morey would leave just to go team up with Mike D'Antoni somewhere else. That doesn't really seem that realistic. Um, but I can see the situation where if Mike D'Antoni was pushed out, that that would really influence Daryl Morey's decision-making to leave. Um, so I don't know how much of it was on Mike D'Antoni to go or how much was he really like not welcomed back by the ownership. I'm going to guess that that played some role in Daryl Morey's decision to leave. Um, I think if Mike D'Antoni was coming back to coast the Rockets next year, in other words, I think that Daryl Morey would still be here. Um, but I want to I then go over sort of my next question, which is, do we view this as sort of a cop-out from Daryl Morey to leave right now? You know, because how often do we see general managers leaving, like, successful franchises where they're in a good state? You know, I, I don't—that that didn't 
kind of cross my mind because I guess I don't usually picture the front office guys as like the betrayers. Like I usually, like yeah. we usually only blast players for leaving teams, which is unfair. Um, but you know, like I, I feel like, especially if you're in the front office, like I feel like you do have a little bit more agency to kind of just like go wherever you want to go. Because I feel like with a player, you're kind of recognized like the fan the fans have more attachment to you like like Houston Rockets fans are a million times more attached to James Harden than they are to Daryl Morey like they they well, of course yeah they, like and so and so I yeah. feel like the only the, the kind of cop-out value is kind of in like like you owe the city something because the city loves you and I feel like like yes like the Houston Rockets fans like like Daryl Morey but a lot of them don't know who Daryl Morey is you know that I, I wasn't necessarily saying that he that he owes the city something I'm saying he's picking a really convenient time to leave as in he has so going back to your 2K uh, analogy one of the things that always annoys me if you go and watch like 2K rebuilds on YouTube which I do um I do too that's sort of it's like a sad obsession that I will watch somebody else play 2K my league yeah. and rebuild a team same it's super entertaining if you don't know <laughs> what we're talking about it um is. but one of the things that always annoys me is that to to sort of like rebuild the team or like finish a challenge the, the, the person who's the GM of the Miley, who's just holding their controller in their hand, will trade all the picks for the next 10 years. <laughs> so you win the championship that one year, but you've basically destroyed the team for the next 20. Like, they're not going to be able to do... So you've, like, totally... And it's just... It's unrealistic in that, like... Even <laughs> even if the trades they were making was realistic, even if you really could trade X player for Y player, the fact that you're just throwing everything away for one year is unrealistic. But I feel like... In a weird way, that's what Daryl Morey has done. He's traded every asset in every pick that the, that the Rockets have just basically to get Russell Westbrook, James Harden, and guys who fit the two of them well. Yeah, honestly, they have n- they have no young prospect. The youngest guy on their team Chris is Chris Clemens, Clemens and who is like five nine yeah. or something like that. <laughs> Whenever like, I play two K against like or like our friends, like they're always like, "Who is this dude? He's so small." Um, he's kind of a walking bucket, but like is too small to do anything really like he, yeah you, know, you can't play defense like budget isaiah thomas kind of yeah kind of vibes but I, yeah I, I i think that's a good point like the, the houston rockets have no future assets but then again it's not like it's not like they're horrible you know they're, they're gonna be yeah. if they run it back they're gonna be a top five seed that's that's true i i don't even disagree with that and but a lot guess... of and a lot of teams by the way would trade anything to have to be like the fifth seed in the playoffs in, yeah. in a tough western conference with a superstar that brings in millions of dollars millions of fans and is super entertaining yeah i, I guess i guess i'm saying that daryl moore has gotten to the end of the line where he's recognized that the houston rockets championship hopes are kind of done with James Harden and Russell Westbrook, at least in my opinion. I'm going to assume that you're not going to disagree with that. And he's basically gotten to a crossroads. Okay, so Mike D'Antoni left. I'm all that's left out of that pair. And either I have two options, which is just run it back and do the same thing, probably have a slightly worse record because these two guys are getting older and you might not even be able to bring back all the pieces that you already had, or you blow it up. And so... He gets to that crossroad and he decides, see ya, I'm out of here. Um, and, and on the one hand, I understand that. If you're going to leave, if you're if you're the front office and, and you're going to pack it up and, and, and take time off or go to a different team, you want to give whoever's going to come in next the opportunity to 
chart their own path, right? So whoever's going to come in next gets to make that decision. They don't have to have picked up from wherever, whatever decision Daryl Morey made. So it would have been even yeah. worse if we went one year further and then Daryl Morey did it. And then this person had to deal with whatever decision Daryl Morey made. This person who's going to take over now gets to come in and make that decision for themselves. So in, on one hand, I understand that. But at the same time, Daryl Morey's leaving the Rockets in a really tough situation where whoever comes in next will have zero experience as the Rockets GM and will have to make the biggest decision in their franchise's but then history ag- since again, the James but, Harden but, trade. But, but then again, I don't think there's going to be this like one big decision. Like there, like you've seen in the well, past offseason where the Rockets made a big decision by trading for Russell Westbrook. Or before that, they made a, a big decision by trading for Chris Paul. I don't think I'll for tell the next— I'll you what the big decision I, is. I, no, I, I, I'm, we'll get to that. <laughs> yeah. I don't think there's going to be a big decision because you, you have Russell Westbrook under contract— like for three more years, and he is the biggest contract in the NBA, and no one wants to trade for it. So I'm pretty sure he's going to be stuck on your team. So I'm from that opinion that, okay, if Russell Westbrook is going to be stuck on your team, you might as well have a good basketball team because you don't want to have just be rebuilding with Russell Westbrook dropping like 35, 15, and 15 a game. I, I don't disagree. I mean, I, I think Russell Westbrook is going to be hard to trade. Whatever he ends up getting traded for, it, whatever, like if and when he gets traded, whatever he ends up getting traded for is probably going to be less than his value um just as a pure player because of his contract um but whoever comes in next both coach and front office i doubt is going to want to run back what daryl morey and mike d'antoni have been doing i think they're gonna have to that so so i agree i like i they don't really have any choice you have you have to either blow it up or you have to run it back not what you're like running it back is really not that bad of an option, it's as not. you pointed out. The problem is, if you get to the end of those three years of the next three years, okay, Russell Westbrook's going to be thirty-four. James Harden's going to be thirty-five. I mean, I don't actually know what their ages are. They're both going to be mid-thirties, so they won't have gotten any younger. They'll both have the option to walk in free agency, and if you re-sign them, you're just re-signing at that point a thirty-five-year-old player who's well past their prime. Okay, but then you'll so, have you'll have draft picks by that time. But like not really like they like they'll just then be getting their draft pick draft picks back with still nothing. They'll be in a way worse position than they are now. I think that the that the most valuable that James Harden and Russell Westbrook are going to be for the rest of their careers is this offseason. Yeah, okay, but Connor, you can say that about any player in in who's like twenty six or older. And so, like, you could be like, oh, I mean, yeah, oh, yeah, like, the Bucks should trade Giannis now, not because he's going to be a free- Ta- I like, like, let's say, like, Jason Tatum, I don't think right now he's as valuable as he will ever be. Because there's going to be, at some point, Jason, like, there's probably going to be, like, let's let's assume right now that Jason Tatum, in the next three years, becomes a top five player in the NBA, which may or may not happen. At that point, his, his trade value would be higher than it is right now. Okay, that, that okay, by that same argument, you would say that, hey, Warriors, you're going to be good, but you're not the championship favorite, so you should trade Steph Curry right now because he's going to be as value, he's going to be more valuable right now than two years from now because he's 30 years no, old. No, the difference, the difference is the Warriors have a legit shot at, at, at ma- even making it to the finals. Okay, like why, and they, why, and they also why are the have Warriors, won a championship? Why are the Warriors better than the Rockets? I think they are better than the Rockets, but I don't think it's astronomical. Be- because this is this season, they're not they're not going to do any better than they did this season for the re- for the as long as James Harden and Russell Westbrook are the two best players in this team. Okay, you could say the Warriors aren't going to be as good as they were two years ago, so they but might as well two just years blow it ago up. they were in the finals. Yeah, exactly. 
So you might as well just blow it up because you're never going to get back to the point. I mean, this year the Rockets lost in the second round. I'm saying I'm picking next year Rockets to lose in the first round. Okay, but I'm just saying the argument that you should trade a 30-year-old but, superstar. But also, the, the difference is also like the, the, the Warriors are the second overall pick next year. The difference is the Warriors are set up for the future too. The Warriors are already good and they're... They don't like. They don't have nothing for the future either. The, the thing is, the Warriors can be really good next season. I, I'm not going to say the Warriors are the favorite, but I think they could be one of the best teams in the Western Conference, better than the Rockets. I, I, I am quite confident they'd be better than the Rockets, and I think they're actually set up pretty well. Um, whereas, so I think I think you, you still have a couple of years left of really good Steph Curry, really good Klay Thompson. That's not true for Draymond Green. That's but that's but, true but for that James could, Harden. So. That's true for James Harden and Russell Westbrook. I feel like you're, that's, tr- that's you're true. You, I feel like you're treating James Harden like he's Chris Paul. In what that, that mean? In, in that people are saying the Oklahoma City Thunder need to trade Chris Paul because he's going to be more valuable now than he will 2 years from now. And that's completely valid, but the difference yeah. is James Harden can still make you a top 4 player in the West. Whereas or a top fourteen in the West, where, and he can he can raise your ceiling to like, like if you have a top like five player, you you at least have the potential to be a championship team. Whereas whereas like Chris Paul, he's just like a fringe all star. So I think there's a difference there in that like yeah like like you you'll trade Chris Paul because then you get some picks that can become better than what Chris Paul will be will be next year or or even this year. But like if you're trading James Harden and like blowing it up for like a, a maybe a top five pick the top five pick almost definitely is not going to be as good as what james harden is today or tomorrow yeah i mean i'm not i'm not disagreeing with that but i, I don't think that you you trade james harden for just a top five pick i mean the the situations out there are like okay you trade james harden for ben simmons right or like like there's some crazy trades out there that like you know nba twitter is going to put together for for james harden and i'm not even saying that that's what's going to happen because I don't think it's what's going to happen. But I'm saying it at least has to be considered. Like they that that's that's the only other option other than basically running it back with the exact same team because trading away uh, it's that or you trade away either you trade away Russell Westbrook or James Harden or you trade like you run back the same team except for maybe you trade PJ Tucker and Eric Gordon for more shooting. I don't know. Like the, their their options are so limited that it's you're basically running with the exact same team as last year. As everybody gets one, as the oldest team in the league all gets one year older, um, or you start on the rebuild now because they're otherwise you're going to end up in the Brooklyn Nets situation where you've got like no picks for okay, four years, okay. you know. But like, let's take the example of the Pelicans. The Pelicans traded a top five or six player away and got a bunch of assets back. None of those assets are ever going to be as good as Anthony Davis is. But, yeah, the, but the sum but, of them. But, the, the some of them are still not as good as what Anthony Davis is. I, do, but, I don't. I, I don't. I, I, that's true. But but, but, but the some of them. The, but the key difference between the Rockets and the Pelicans is the Pelicans just never made the playoffs with that top five player, whereas yeah. the Houston Rockets like are in a decent position right now. Even if even if they're old, like like it it doesn't have to be championship or bust. You know, like like it it should I mean, be not... if you have a top five player. But if, if you have a top five player and you're gonna be like a top ten team in the well, league, but not a top two team in the league, that doesn't that doesn't mean you sell it. I, and I'm not I'm not saying I understand it's a it's a business, right? So so as long as James Harden is on the team in an MVP conversation, the the Rockets are gonna be pulling in tons of money, right? Like that's just the that's just the way it works. Um. So so the Rockets probably don't have that much incentive to trade James Harden tomorrow because next season they still plan to make millions of dollars on his jersey sales 
I'm saying that if you don't train James Harden, the Rockets are going to go through a five-year period where they're arguably the worst team in the NBA. If you want to live through that for two years, two for two more years of James Harden being a top five player, so be it. That's what they're going to do. I'm not, I don't actually, I'm not actually saying they are going to trade James Harden, but I'm saying that the consequences are going to hurt where like the Rockets are going to have no picks and they're going to have no value because I, I mean, unless James Harden is a rocket for lifer, which actually he very well could be, but eventually he's going to have to retire. Um, I guess by the time he retires, they would get their picks back, but it's going to be a little rough at some point in time if the if the Rockets aren't making moves right now to set themselves up for three years down the line. It's basically what I'm saying. But at the same, like I like to to your point, like I actually think that like whoever comes in next probably isn't going to make that decision to blow it up. I think they're going to run it back with very minor changes to the roster because like because of the money involved. Yeah. But I'm saying purely from like being the best team possible point of view. I think that they that they should blow it up, but it's just not the way the NBA works. Really quick before we move on, what do you see if they assuming they just I don't know just are you're you're the new general manager you're looking to yeah. hire a new coach you don't have to give me any names but just what type of play style do you want to do do you do you want to like re-sign a center do you want to try to run like space and pace are you still going to shoot a bunch of threes well I, I I'm pretty comfortable with saying that what they did last year didn't work. Um, I, I, I think the analytics, it, it makes sense because it, it makes sense for the regular season because most of the analytics they look for, the vast majority of the sample size is from the regular season. So the, 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 the statistics, the analytics that, that whoever is going to look at um, would indicate, that Daryl Morey would be looking at, would indicate that, okay, this is the strategy that's going to work the best in the regular season. That's why the Rockets have been so good in the regular season. That's why James Harden puts up such, such monstrous numbers in the regular season. It worked. It's a, it's a formula that's that's proven to be successful um, for the regular season. The problem is that when you get to the playoffs, everything's different. The, the 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 formula that you have that you have like worked out to perfection, the the system that that got you to where you were, all of a sudden isn't as flawless, right? It's not. It, it does. It just doesn't work the same way when when you get to playoff basketball. And so, I don't think they can continue to run the sort of um, no center lineup because inevitably they're going to come up against teams in the Western Conference who are going to be running a center and who will punish them when the ball slows down, when you get to more ISO, when you start attacking different matchups, when they, when the game gets more like focused and, and precise in the playoffs, then teams are going to look to expose the weakness of not having a center. So I think whoever comes in next is going to have to make this Rockets team more traditional and they're going to have to start using James Harden as an off-ball option a lot more than he has been used. That sounds kind of crazy because James Harden is so good with the ball in his hands, but the the, the truth is that a player isn't hot every single night. There's going to be situations where James Harden has to be an off-ball option. One, so that he doesn't tire himself out, which seems to happen a lot in the playoffs. And two, because there are going to be nights when he's not on or when the defense is shutting him down and you have to make adjustments. And if you can't make the adjustment mid-game, you need to have you need him to be able to stay in the corner and hit some threes while somebody yeah. else scores. Yeah. They just need to be more flexible, and that means getting a more traditional lineup, I think. Yeah, because everyone gets more flexible in the, in the yeah. playoffs. The most adaptable team often wins. Yeah. All right, so let's move on to new coaching hires. Yeah. Over the past week, Tyron Liu is reportedly going to be the new head coach of the Clippers, mm-hmm. and Doc Rivers is going to be the new head coach of the 76ers. 
I personally am a fan of one of these moves. I am not so much a fan of another one of these moves. So let's start with the bad news. Start with the bad news? <laughs> I, I assume you mean Tyron Lue? If that's what you think. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I'm not a big fan of, of the Tyron Lue move. He was coach for the Cavaliers. The, the co- he was the he was the assistant he was the assistant coach for the Cleveland Cavaliers to LeBron, James. to LeBron James. Fair enough. Um, and he honestly like there, there have been memes about Tyron Lue like not being able to run plays and having LeBron be the coach. Yeah. But I'm I've been surprised when doing a little bit of research that he does have like a repu like a reputable standing in in the NBA. Like a lot of, yeah. a lot of people think that he's super adaptable. That his playoff in game adjust adjustments are really good and so given that the clippers just totally dropped the ball last year and then once the denver nuggets after being down 3-1 they switch something up that the clippers maybe just need to also be more adaptable speaking of which i just saw a photo like like two days ago and i was like it it, it, it was just a screenshot of a tv screen and it said on the bottom the clippers up 3-1 and it was the third quarter and the Clippers were leading by twenty three, and like yeah, the, the yeah, fact, and it's like they should like, have closed out. It's, in it's, five, it's like right? and the yeah. caption was like, "If you ever feel bad about yourself, know that the Nugget, know that the Clippers lost this series." <laughs> um, so I think that Tyra, that's so crazy. That, that, by the I, way. Like, I, I still can't believe. I cannot. That. Yeah, I still. That's why I brought it. I can still not believe it. Yeah. Um, but Tyron Liu, I think he could have some adjustments with his Clipper roster. I like. I see why they did it. Like he, they could be a bit more adjustable. Um, a bit more flexible, and I also think that he's a very good players coach. Um, given yeah. that, given that LeBron has gone through a bunch of coaches that um, he's kind of clashed with, and and Tyron Lue, being a former player, um, he kind of he kind of just like sort of meshes well, creates a good locker room. Like that Cleveland Cavaliers team was all on the same page. And uh, one thing that you didn't mention is I'm I'm pretty sure that Tyron Lue. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong here. I'm quite sure he was an assistant for the Clippers this year. Oh yeah, he was. <laughs> so, um, I, I realized like I hadn't seen that when people were talking about this move. I haven't really actually read that much about it. Um, but but that came to my mind as I was sort of like typing up notes for this episode. Is Tyrone Lewis been with the Clippers? Um, and, yeah. and so he's familiar with what they went through last season. And so sort of the most positive thing about this move, for, in my opinion, is like he understands what the team went through, right? So uh, part of what worries me about the Clippers is that we're seeing all kinds of stuff come out about how the locker room is a little shaky. Like the, the scariest thing to me was like Paul George gave that post game speech after game seven. And it was like, supposedly up there players like rolling their eyes. Everyone's like, and then there was another thing that came out just like a, in the last couple of days that it was like some of the Clippers players were pissed off that Kawhi Leonard was getting preferential treatment from the front office, from the owners, from even doc rivers. Um, so it seems like there's some unsettlement in the locker room. So, so one of the things that I like about this move, um, even though I, I, I kind of, as you mean, you called, like I, I was putting words in your mouth to calling it the bad news, but I, you sort of said that you didn't, you implied that you didn't really like this move. Do, I, I don't, I don't love it, but I think it's fine because honestly, I think that out of, out of all the people who were out there on the market, the coaches who are out there on the market, Tyron Lue understands, you know, the Clipper situation, what they need to like write this, locker room problem i think the best yeah honestly like after talking through it i'm actually much more yeah um, i'm actually much more open to it originally i was like they need us like a strong personality people view tyron lewis a little bit passive um especially because Kawhi doesn't talk i thought they would need like a strong like x's and o's guy but honestly 
Like, a strong personality X's and O's guy is exactly what Doc Rivers is, in my true. opinion. That's actually, that is true. And they just fired Doc Rivers because he did not yeah. perform well. So, honestly, like, I, I'm actually okay with this. I, I revised my opinion. Yeah. I, th- I mean, the, the remaining question is, like, is it an upgrade? I don't think it's an upgrade. I don't. I don't. Necessarily, I don't necessarily think it's like a total downgrade either. Uh, I, th- I would say that Doc Rivers has a slightly stronger reputation around the league, even though people like Tyron Lue, maybe to a fault. Um, like Tyron Lue seems to always be in like the head coach conversation. So like I think every team was thinking about Tyron Lue uh, hiring him this offseason. Who you know who fired their coach? Um, I so I don't know if I call it an upgrade, but. I don't know it's fine so like 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 i just i I would just say about this move like yeah i guess it makes sense like they upgraded their assistant coach and tyron lu has championship championship experience as a head coach so like overall i'd say like i'm pretty neutral about it now i don't i don't think that let me throw one more thing i don't think it's gonna be the difference like if you're looking for if you're looking for the difference between like losing to the nuggets in in seven and like the 3-1 comeback and winning the championship next year which whether they were supposed to do this year i don't think hiring tyron lu in place of dr rivers is that difference I think that's a good point. Going on to Doc Rivers going to the 76ers. Yeah. I, I was a fan of this move just because he, like, Doc Rivers, I, I am I think I hold Doc Rivers in higher regard than the average NBA fan. Okay. I think he has championship pedigree. I think he's just been through the mill. He's seen it all. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that the 76ers team is a little bit chaotic in terms of their identity. And I feel like Doc Rivers will just, like, be stronger than Brett Brown and be like, this is our identity. We're going to roll with it. I like you know? that. I, I, I said, in, in contrast to like where I don't know if Ty, Tyron Lewis is an upgrade over Doc Rivers, I think that Doc Rivers is pretty clearly an upgrade over Brett Brown. Um, I think that this is like a solid, like, okay, you fired your coach and got someone better. Um, even though Doc Rivers is brand new, like I always think it's a little bit risky to fire somebody who's got a long tenure with the team to bring somebody brand new. Doc Rivers has been around the league. He knows his stuff. Like, I think this is a solid move, first and foremost. The other thing that that I saw um, Kenny Beecham from Through the Wire talk about, which I thought was a really good point that I, had to, that I had to bring up, is that Doc Rivers is the coach who's gotten the most out of Tobias Harris. Yeah. And it's a little silly to hire a guy just because of Tobias Harris, but considering how much the, the 76ers are paying him, that should be... <laughs> In theory, like on your mind, dude. I um, I still cannot believe that they handed him that contract. Yeah, dude. Like yeah. I would literally rather just let him walk and just sign two guys with that money. Yeah. Like, and, and it's like it's a thing that teams keep doing over and over again. And I'm just like, I I understand it's scary yep. to part with talent for nothing, but I mean, yeah. Like I I don't know. I guess they I guess you could really argue. Right now, yeah. yeah. I guess you could argue the Pistons did that, and I think they will end up being happy that they. Don't, that they didn't pay Andre Drummond to max, even though they, yeah, they got nothing back for well, him. The qu- there's, there's, I mean, that's going to happen again with Rudy Gobert. Are the Jazz going to trade him? Or are they going to sign oh, him? Oh yeah, max? oh my like, god, that's, that's going to be so bad. That's going to happen. That's that's this off season they're going to have to decide basically because I think next off season he's up for it. Yeah, that's going to um, be so bad. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, so Tobias Harris was a was nearly an All Star with the Clippers uh, a couple years ago, so worth worth considering. Um, once again, like. The Sixers were kind of in shambles this year, like lost in the first round, even though they don't have Ben Simmons. So like you have to give them some credit. Um, once again, I don't see this as being the difference. Like if you're looking for something to turn around the 76ers, which I think they need right now, like the should they trade Ben Simmons or Joel Embiid talks are at a new high point where like they're actually drawing up like trades for James Harden and things like that. 
Um, honestly, seventy like sixers fans seem to like actually be considering it. Honestly, I think like one like yes, if you can trade for James Harden, then absolutely do it because he's a top five player. But like, I'm very very content with running it back with these guys because yeah. I think they're so talented. And that's that's the last thing I was gonna say is is Doc Rivers actually said that he does want to do that. Oh yeah, he's he's made good, it pretty clear. He's like, him. yeah, I want to build around Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, not just one or the other. Yeah, and he's uh, like he he was very involved in the Clippers, like actually like getting players. You know, he yeah. he was involved in the front office, not just the coaching part. So I, th- I think I don't know if it will be the difference, but I do think that he will impact the way they play. I'm actually feeling like decently optimistic for the 76ers team. Actually, as long mm. as as long as Al Horford doesn't sink the ship. But, you know, he could, given what he did last year. All right. The last thing I've got is is the Lakers. Um, but to, to, I mean, to talk about it quickly, like, we, we haven't really covered that they actually won the championship. <laughs> we so, have not. First of all, congrats to them. We we uh, we did our last episode was, can the Heat come back? And we basically said no, and, of course, they didn't. And shout out to you guys. That actually was our most successful YouTube video in the past year and a half. So we appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, most successful YouTube video ever. Ever. Yeah. yeah. Um, so thanks. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully this one will blow up by our standards too. Yeah. And but. so I was, I was watching Game Six. Yeah. And I just turn on the TV. I, context: I was in Nashville. I was, I was, okay. I was in a honky tonk in Nashville. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and honky I was just, yeah. I was just vibing with the country music. And then, I, and then I, I, I get people just turn on the TV from like the NFL game. And I was like, why is the NFL game off? Well, one, I'm in, I'm in the South, so there. But yeah. two, two. I realized, like, oh, the game was off because I turned on the TV and and the Miami Heat were down thirty points in the second quarter. I'm like, oh no, yeah, like yeah. that's so not an interesting game. So we didn't, we haven't like we didn't like rush to put out an episode about like the yeah. Lakers winning championship because there wasn't that much to say. Yeah, like, it we was covered kind of every, yeah, we, we covered, covered everything. Yeah, um, um, shout out to the Lakers. Th- not saying been my been my prediction since day one. Th- that's that's so I mean so really quickly to cover the news of AD is opting out. It, okay, he's just gonna resign with the Lakers. We knew that when he did when he was supposedly gonna do that. AD is definitely coming back to the Lakers next year, so that's that's set in stone. That shouldn't be a surprise. But what that really raises the question of is, are the Lakers gonna do it again next year? I think, on the surface, I'm inclined to say yes. Yeah. I'm I'm scared for not like I'm not like a Lakers fan, so I'm not scared. Yeah. But I am very suspicious of the brooklyn nets i was gonna say that's 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 interesting i I, and and also i am also still very wary of the milwaukee bucks i think that i think that people dude recency bias pisses me off bro people are like oh yeah they gotta trade Giannis because you know he can't be the best player on a championship team i'm like shut up he's a (laughs) back-to-back mvp literally shut your mouth Giannis can definitely be the best player on a championship team he needs a closer though i was was about to punch marcus schubert like one of our our friends he was he was like all Giannis does is do spin moves i'm like okay he's not pascal siakam yeah he he literally (laughs) he literally uh compared them i was like oh my gosh so yeah that's another thing. We could do a whole episode about that. Like, don't overreact to the Milwaukee Bucks losing. The Milwaukee Bucks are still very dangerous. I still think that. I think. I think <laughs> he Gian- compared them to Bam Adebayo too. Right. <laughs> he was like, they're the same. I was like, oh my whatever. God. No, but Giannis Giannis can definitely be the best player on the championship team. Chris Middleton can't be the second best player on a championship team, in my opinion. I, I think that in, not in, not in this day and age. Yeah. I, when you have his competition being Anthony Davis and Kyrie Irving. True. And Clay Thompson. But mostly, what I mean is that we've all seen like 
Giannis is of course limited offensively. Like he just doesn't have that many things he can do in a half court when it's when the ball is slowed down when he's when he's not in transition. So the the Bucks could get into a bad rhythm where if they're missing shots and they're not getting stops on defense, they don't get their transition looks. Like so basically the the, the Bucks entire defense is okay, we'll give up threes, but we're not going to we're not going to stop anything at the rim. So if the other team starts hitting threes, they don't get to stop anything at the rim. They don't force transition opportunities. Giannis doesn't score. And then nobody scores. They need somebody who, when the offense is starting to stall, the other teams hit a couple threes in a row. They're not putting up points because they don't get transition looks. Who can just take it down court to get an isolation look and get a layup so that the other team doesn't get transition. Because when you score, you prevent transition. When you miss, you open up transition. So you just need somebody who can stop the like landslide of, okay, we're giving up a bunch of points in a row. We're giving up transition looks, not getting them ourselves. You just need somebody to put the ball in the basket once and, re- and like resettle it. And Giannis can't do that in, in, the tra- in the half court, and neither can Chris Middleton. So that's why the Chris Paul trade makes so much sense to me. If you can keep, if you can trade Eric Bledsoe, but keep Giannis and Chris Middleton and also have Chris Paul, that's so ideal, in I, my opinion. I think, I think that would be very dangerous because, look, th- like the Lakers won this year because their top two players were so freaking good that the rest didn't yeah. matter. But honestly, I do think that if they if they run to the Clippers, I kept saying that I think the Lakers would win, but I think it would be like insanely close. It would just yeah. come down to like who made shots. I also think that's the same case for the Nets because the Nets' top two are also so good, and their role players are probably going to end up being better than the Lakers. And if you get Chris Paul on the Bucks, then you have the top three, like kind of sort of equating to a top two. And then their role players are also yeah. better than the Lakers, you know? So I, I, I think I think that that's becomes a lot more problematic. So, I mean, really the question is like, if the league were to look exactly the same next year as it did this year, the Lakers would of course be the favorite. They just won a championship. That's like how logic works. <laughs> the question is, can any team make a move this off season that's going to put them as the new favorite? I don't think so. Would the would the Chris Paul trade make the Bucks the new favorite? I don't think it would make them the new favorite. I think it would make them a really really clear threat, um, the favorite in the East. The Brooklyn Nets we haven't seen. I'm not ready to call them the favorite, but as you mentioned, they are dangerous because they have a top five player. We think in Kevin Durant if he comes back the same way. I really hope so. And that'd be great. And Kyrie, who's a top ten. Right, or arguably. Yeah, dude, and if they trade for Bradley Beal, that'd be so sexy. <laughs> that'd be I, I, that's not going to happen. I, like, I don't dude, think Bradley Beal's getting traded this offseason, but yes, that'd be Dude, cool. if you throw Karis LeVert in Helifix, dude, I think, they, yeah, could, I I think mean, they could pull it off. The, the question is, is that going to be the best offer available? Like, everybody and their mom is trying to trade for Bradley Beal <laughs> if, he, if he's available. So. All the mothers. Yeah. <laughs> All the mothers. <laughs> trying to acquire Bradley Beal. Um, <laughs> I have nothing else to talk about with this Lager subject. I think they will run it back. Um, I think they'll probably get a ring. Yeah. But honestly, the NBA is so talented. It's also so top heavy. Um, it's so it's so divided. But I think that I think that the Lakers have like a very good chance. I personally think that they will. And then Jordan fans will be quaking in their boots even further. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, I'm I'm proud of LeBron for getting this one. So me too. Good job for the King. They're my way too early favorite for next year as well. Yeah. That's why that's, that's my short answer. Look how his mind has changed since the Clippers <laughs> choked. All right, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Space Floor NBA Podcast. We hope you enjoyed. Uh, if you're listening on YouTube, like and, sub- like and subscribe. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, um, 
follow us, leave a review. Follow us on Instagram at Space Floor MBA, uh, at Space the Floor Podcast, and on Twitter at Space the Floor. And thank you so much for watching. My name is Connor Guillon. And I'm Connor Flannery. And see you next time. Peace. Shout out to Daryl Morey's tweets and him constantly congratulating the Golden State Warriors. Shout out to Bradley Beal and the moms. <laughs>